Hey, everybody. Welcome back to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall, and I have, uh, um, I don't know if a well-known street stock driver, but a street stock driver nonetheless. We're going to get him more well-known on the on the show here right now. So uh, this is the number 55 street stock driver. I think home tracks are going to be Ogilvy, are going to be Granite City. Um, is there anywhere else that you're that you're a, a frequent driver, Tom? Uh, I wouldn't say so. No, those are the closest in proximity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I would consider them hometown tracks for sure. Yep. And are, so how long have you been racing? Uh, well, I've been on dirt. This is my second year. Um, I started ice racing cars up in Superior. Nice. Uh, nice. Basically about 15 minutes after I got my driver's license. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, like yeah. big full-size cars? Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. I raced, uh, I, my very first car, my dad used to own a, a junkyard out of just outside of Superior, Wisconsin. Um, so my first, my first ice racer was like a Chevy S 10 with like the box full of snow for weight, Even you know, yeah. and like Blizzak snow tires. I mean, just not at all what it ended up being yes. towards the end of me ice racing. So I started doing that. I got into it because of my dad, you know, my dad started doing it. We had cars that ran and drove and it's like, well, we love racing, but you know, I'm not going to just build a B mod at 16, you know, right. let's yeah. do some ice race. And all I got to do is freaking throw some lead weights from old wheels in a, in a toolbox and throw yeah. them in the back, you know? So that's kind of how I started. You know, I raced go-karts very little, you know, uh, handful of races when i was real young so then basically all ice racing is my previous experience that i and would how, count how how many how long did you ice race uh let's see 16 uh almost almost nine years wow i'm 24 okay. now i started at just just a little past 16 uh okay. i just sold my ice racer literally two weeks ago the last one that i had um so yeah, about about eight years probably. I've been okay. racing on the ice every winter. Nice. Yeah, and only up there, like that's Al Alouez Bay or something like. Am I saying yep. that even close to right? But Alouise, Alouise Bay, and yep. so I see because yep. I ice race as well, or I did. I, I I think I'm retired. I'm not sure if I am or not <laughs> yet, but um, I still own a car, but I don't race it. And right, I can't sell it. Like there's a mental block about selling it because if you sell it, then you don't have it. I, that, I don't know. It's a weird thing going on inside me, but I just went through all that. I yes. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and so I, I, I love ice rate. Like that's my, that's, you know, for, for 15 years, that was like, right. I couldn't wait for winter time because it was ice race season, man. And so, and I, I thought you're where the group that I race ice race with is all, um, uh, front wheel drive, you know, it's like Hornet cars basically. Uh, yeah uh, on the ice whereas i think you guys are it, there's like one everybody's out there at once kind of a thing yep absolutely yep yeah. front wheel drive rear wheel drive full-size trucks all the way down to honda civic hatchbacks yeah and yeah yeah that's we what got i had cool. a honda civic hatchback that was awesome perfect so, yeah yeah perfect well that's very cool so so cut your teeth learning throttle control that's that's yep. what you do on the ice i encourage every dirt track driver to try ice racing a couple times yeah yep. the the that that what you think is a slick dry slick you know can't get no traction 
that's not ice. Like ice racing is yeah. can't get no traction. And yeah. you, 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 like if you hit quarter throttle on an ice racer, you're doing it wrong kind of thing. Right. And so, um, uh, and so that it's, I encourage all the dirt track guys to try ice racing a couple times because it, it definitely teaches you some finesse with that right foot for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so then into dirt track racing. So, so 2021 was your first, your rookie season. Yep. Absolutely. Started off with the same, same car that you have now, like right into streeters. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. And so where did you, did you build that car that you have now then, or did you? Uh, basically this is how it went. So I've, I've wanted to dirt track race basically my whole life. Yeah. I have friends that do it even up in superior guys, you know, and I was, I was around it a little bit, but I was always intimidated by the amount of effort it took, you know, and, and really my knowledge was minuscule. I mean, yeah. I could, I could check and make sure nuts and bolts were tight, but I didn't understand any suspension setup, yeah. why you did things with tires. So, um, you know, I was kind of like, well, I'd like to get into racing this and that, blah, blah. My dad's been a huge race fan his whole life. And, uh, Brett Johnson used to race the 89 car. He's had modifieds, B mods. He's had super stocks. You know, he's been around this area for 25 years. He's been racing. Sure. You know, um, my so dad Brett Johnson, JT Johnson, like what? Uh, Brett, uh, JT Johnson's dad. Brett okay, Johnson. Perfect. Okay. So okay. He was 89 and JT's 89 junior. junior. Yeah. That's why yeah. I asked. I'm like, there gotta be some sort of connection. There. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Absolutely. So Brett, Brett bought this street stock from some people that raced it only a few times. And, uh, you know, Brett, he's had, he's had a lot of health issues and stuff, you know, heart problems and whatever. So he kind of semi retires and, uh, he was going to build the street stock, you know, to kind of just have something to still be at the track and be a right. part of it, but not be driving a mod, you know? Well, he buys this car he kind of changes some stuff on it, you know, whatever he bought it turnkey. He puts a body on it. I mean, he goes down to like still water and buys an actual Monte Carlo out of a junkyard and takes the whole skin off of it and puts it all on this car. I mean, if, if anybody knows Brett Johnson, when he builds something, it is like a show car when it's nice. done. Yeah. So my dad comes home and he goes, Hey, uh, Brett's got a street stock that he's going to sell. And I'm like, so, okay. you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm sure he does. He's always got race cars. And my dad goes, no, seriously, we should go look at it. And at this point, if I know he's in, then I'm in. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause that's all I've been waiting for was, you know, it's always like, well, this, you know, whatever excuses, blah, blah. Well, we go look at this thing and it's like, not a single scratch, not a dent. Uh, it gloss black. It's chrome wheels. It's beautiful orange trim pieces. And I hop in it and I'm just kind of checking it out. Of course, I'm giggling. I just can't yeah. get enough race cars. And he fires it up and it's shaking the whole shop and he shuts it off and it's quiet for a second. And I go, Will you take payments? And he goes, Yep. But you got to pay me off before you can touch the racetrack. Right, and this yeah. is like, this is March, like the beginning of March. So I came up with the money in like three weeks, sold a four wheeler, freaking side hustling, doing yeah, this and that. Sell your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I pay him off and I get out there, you know, I've got, I've got 
five wheels, four are on the car, one spare. Brett gave me a fire suit, a helmet, a receiver. I mean, I can't even afford to put gas in this thing yet because right. I just yeah. spent all my money basically buying the Getting race it. car. I'm going to Ogilvy on opener. Nice. <laughs> so nice. You know, so, so how I, did that I, turn I, out? How did how did night one turn out then? Uh, well, I showed up about eight minutes before the heat race. What? Yeah, like I just, usually like the new guy is like there at one in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, not me. I show up and everybody's like, "You need to unload and like put your crap on right now." So I'm putting all my stuff on, whatever. I get in line. Basically, I don't even come to a dead stop, and they're pulling us onto the racetrack. Yeah. So oh, I had geez. no time at all to get nervous. To yeah, even... there's no nerves then because like no. there's so much panic. Yeah. Yep. So I go out there. You know, I I go the full eight laps. Yeah, I didn't do that good, whatever, you know, it don't matter. But I come pulling in and I'm like, oh boy, I'm hooked now. You know, now it that is. I got some time to breathe and actually understand what's going on. So it was uh it was pretty funny. I mean, pretty comical for a first night. That's I mean, awesome. barely got a number on it, barely got the contingency stickers. I mean, it was uh it was quite the first night at Ogilvy of all places. Right. You yeah, know? exactly. Like you know, low speed no like yeah the competition's yeah. not stiff at all like no yeah. definitely not yeah. yeah yeah but but you did you didn't hit concrete no i mean maybe ogilvy is the perfect spot to be because the track is super big and wide and the corners yeah. are super forgiving yeah so, yeah it's versus a, a tight little you know if you'd gone to princeton or something like that then oh. like, that's a that's a little tighter and there's a little more bumping and banging going on on a, on a tight little bull ring kind of a thing. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's awesome. So, yeah. uh, so let's talk about the car it, itself. So, um, your number 55 where, and it's, so you do a little bit of graphics as a yeah. side hustle. You said, uh, your parents do graphics for a living and yep. you do it as a side hustle. Um, so did you, I mean, that's a stupid question. You did your car, right? The graphics yeah. on your car are yours. And so yep. your 55 is badass. Like I, as a, as a professional, I always call myself a professional spectator. I'm, I'm compensated to watch racing and talk about it. Yeah. I, I love, you love what you love. Right. And so there's your graphic on of your your number it's dead straight up there's no lean either way and it has like where the five comes over there's a piece missing and then you just you, your mind just sort of fills it in yeah and it's i love it like i love 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 your graphic and so um so tell where does 55 come from like is that a family number or is it where did that come from well actually there's a couple of good stories to that so 55 for whatever reason has always been my number I mean, I've just, since I can remember, I've always wanted to be 55 on racing games, on, you know, sports, if good, whatever. So, um, I, at the beginning of this year, my aunt, um, gives me this birthday present. I, my birthday is at the end of January and I open it up. And here it's my grandfather who passed away in like 2001. So I was maybe like four, three, four. So I didn't know him that well, you know. She gives me his jersey, his high school football jersey. I mean, like a sweater, not yeah. <laughs> not holes in it, not short sleeves. I yes. mean, this is a sweater back when they wore leather football. Right, helmets. exactly. Did not yes. care about CTE. 
No, yeah. That didn't even exist. been invented yet. No, exactly. She gives it to me, and it's the shoulders are black. From about, like, the chest down is orange, and his number is 55. What? Not even joking. A football jersey from 1948 in BFE, Illinois, the Illinois Apache or whatever their team was called. Wow. Yeah. I bet it's not called that today. I bet it's not that anymore. (laughs) Literally black, orange with white stitching, 55 was his high school football number. So, I I mean, that's... Yeah, that's your car, man. Like it's black yeah. and orange. I wish I had a picture of it to show up. Uh, you know what? Your a picture of your car will be at the beginning of this video. I'll make sure, like the the picture that people see at the beginning is your car. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's uh, like talk about a sign right there, huh? Yeah, yeah. And cool. I mean that's that's already after I've already been racing for eight, nine years, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, 55 and you hardly ever see it, you know, right. 55 has been super common. No, it you isn't. know, so, and then when she gives me that, she gives it to me in like a shadow box and she goes, I thought that your number and stuff was familiar. And here is this, your grandpa that you don't hardly remember, you right. know, your grandpa's football jersey from high school in 1948. 80 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Exactly. That's so pretty it's badass. Like, it's and like, it's okay, black and orange. So has black and orange always been a thing for you then? Or was it, is the, is the, cause your car this year in 2022 was black right. and orange. Right. Yeah. So that more or less, like kind of part of it is kind of an homage to, to Brett because his cars were always like black and silver and red. Sure. And this, I, this street stock has an orange uh, chassis orange roll cage yeah so then we just tied in orange i mean it looks awesome it i love does. it was, yeah. was it like always black and orange my colors not necessarily but i mean after after having this car and after you know getting that jersey and stuff it's like yeah. okay it orange has to be in there somehow i don't care I, if the car is white and orange black and orange gray and orange gotta be there blue and orange it's yeah. gonna have orange somehow in it just kind of like it. an homage to you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. That's my. Uh, that's my. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so, and look. Um, <laughs> so I, I've wanted. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen this, but I, I've always wanted to have a driver with their fire suit. Like you can get custom fire suits made, and I want someone to do that. Like have, have have their fire suit either be like a, a baseball jersey or even better like a hockey jersey or a football jersey where their right. numbers on the front on the shoulders that kind of, I think it would just be so badass to have a, to have it look like that you know yeah that's yeah. a that's a great idea compared to you know yeah that's an awesome idea there, every driver's like suit looks pretty damn sick. I mean yeah the sponsor's different or the colors are different or it's got flames or it's you know, a lot of guys, it's just the stock off the shelf, black with a white stripe, whatever it is yep. kind of a thing. And yep. if, if you get to the level where you're like, I'm making a custom suit, it would be cool to, to go take them your grandpa's jersey. And yeah. say, this is what the top half of this fire suit needs to look like is just like this. And then the, you know, make pants look like old football pants or whatever kind of thing. <laughs> I think yeah, it would be exactly. cool as hell. But, yeah. Yeah. Just to like, that your fire suit would make you a superstar like that kind of a cool thing but right absolutely. Um, and so let's like the whole reason 
the whole reason you're on the show, Tom, is the trailer. And yeah. so, like when you pull into the pits, I am, I am, I think everybody, it's not just a Kyle thing. People are drawn to open trailers, like, right. like a great big, massive toter home with a shower and, and a elevator and all that. That's pretty badass. Everyone likes that. But, but little kids who are, who are stuck on this in the backseat of a car don't yep. look up when a toter home goes by. Right. When a race car on an open trailer goes by, kids look like because mm -hmm. race cars are freaking cool. And, yep. and on open trailers, they're even cooler. And and you have an open trailer. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I, for, for those that are listening and not watching, I'm using air quotes because it's 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 kind of an open trailer and it's kind of not an open trailer. And so right. tell, tell us about your your trailer. Yeah. So even that, you know, even that kind of has a funny story. I'll, I'll be quick with it, but, um, it's, uh, there's it's no like, time limit here, Tom, you tell the whole story. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so it, it's like a feather light or a Hallmark trailer. My grandpa bought it back in the late nineties and, uh, it was a little too big for the truck he had at the time. So he actually ended up selling it to Pat Hardy who used to race street stocks, mods, yep. whatever around this area. And, uh, Pat got rear-ended with that trailer, like bad enough to bend the race car inside of the trailer. Oh, Drunk driver hit him. Nice. So then, you know, my dad and my grandpa are sitting around and they go, well, we might as well buy that trailer back. So they buy it for like 500 bucks from the insurance company. And then they take, they basically take the door off. They dovetail the back of the trailer a little yep. more than it already has. And they cut the walls about, 18 inches from the interior floor yes so you know when you when you look at a car sitting on the trailer probably three inches or so of the top of the wheel is above that wall right so it's just like a you, flat you almost side. can't see the tires on exactly when it's so it's it's like it's a half enclosed trailer but it's yep. still open you can still see most of the car and exactly. then you have your you have your number on this little stub wall that goes the whole length and then at the end of it it kind of like rounds off at the end and it's just yep. it's so awesome it's so yeah. awesome yeah uh, and then you have like toolboxes and stuff in the front of it kind of a yep. uh, and the thing that i love about it and this probably goes back to my ice racing mentality is it keeps all the crap off the car like your car yeah. is not getting mud on it if you're going down a dirt road in right or trailer on your trailer yeah yeah absolutely yep so we built a tire box up front i can hold like four tires and then the the left hand side you know it's kind of sectioned off 50 50 uh that has the generator and the air compressor on yeah. it so you know it's like don't get me wrong an enclosed trailer would be awesome to have because first of all you don't have to unload it every right. time you're done racing right. <laughs> you know but same i mean that's to be completely honest, I mean, that's my favorite part of racing is seeing five, six, seven, 10, 12, 13 year olds yes. that are walking down the street in the middle of the city and I'm coming through town to go to their track right. and they just stop and they just rubberneck, you know, yeah. and yeah. at night we've got a, a, a freaking amber light about every three and a half inches away. So it lights up better than some people's toter homes. Yes. You have to look at it. Yes. I mean, and it's. it's my favorite is at stoplights. Like when you're the first vehicle at a stoplight, you're stopped and traffic is going by in front of you. I watch 
and it's it's not just 12 year old kids it's it's 50 year old men that yep. that like like they exactly. look every every person looks kind of thing and it's it's there's nothing cooler than that feeling and it's right. i open trailers make race car fans is is yeah. i'm a firm believer of that like Absolutely. like i think every trailer uh, uh on the back of the car it should say follow me to the racetrack kind of <laughs> on, the, on the back of the car when it's on the trailer at least or something i don't know but yeah it's, um uh it's badass i i love your trailer a lot so yeah uh, i appreciate it yeah if you if if ever you sell that trailer you have to build another trailer like like there's tom worth can never have an enclosed trailer <laughs> right so, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah if you if you hit the powerball and you you get you know unlimited funds pay someone to unload your trailer for you but keep the open trailer and so <laughs> I'll have a tandem axle uh, toter still pulling the same with an open, open trailer. trailer. Exactly. <laughs> I just I've needed a shower. I've a hundred percent seen that before. So yeah, um, Okay, so we do this thing uh, every single week. Dirt track people have a, a very distinct vocabulary that that people outside of dirt track racing don't aren't gonna get right. Like, yeah. I always use the example of you know she's real tight or she's real loose. That means something completely different in the real world, but at a racetrack, everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Is right. you know, that the the front is plowing or the back is coming around on me, and that's that's tight or loose. And yep. so we started this thing called the track term of the week, and mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm, I'm going to give you a term, and I need you to explain what what that is. And so okay, uh, so your term, Tom, is pill draw. What is it? What is a pill draw in terms of racetrack? So a pill draw, and I just uh, explained this to a couple of people about how our um, positions are determined, especially for heat races. It's all at random draw, whether it's physically like bingo balls and a roller, yep. which they still do up north. And I love the hell out of that. I grew up rolling that big yeah. old bingo ball thing and you pull out a 197 and you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Exactly. You know, yeah. um, nowadays, of course, it's all electronic just because right. it's simple. But um, typically, depending on where you're going, uh, like, for example, Alexandria, they do that cool coin toss. Um, I don't know. About okay, that. okay, I'll explain that afterwards. Um, so a pill draw, basically, you want to be either number one or the lowest number possible. Right. So they set up all the heat races based on that. And then, you know, depending on what kind of show you're running or whatever, that'll determine you know you don't you hardly ever want to start in the back unless it's passing points, passing points yeah. yeah exactly and even then you don't want to start all the way in the back yeah yeah exactly so the lower the number technically the closer to the front you're going to start in your heat race and that's going to set you up for a good position in the feature usually right um you know uh, as much fun as it is driving through the field like it's a video game sometimes it doesn't work out that well no i've I've gone home on the tow hook this year a few times because of a terrible pill draw and then, you know, nowhere to go in the heat and, race. And, and you got to make hay when the sun shines. Like you, you got eight laps in a heat race and you're starting yeah. eighth. I, I ain't got time to be patient. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's time to go right now. Right. Yeah. So, um, but like Alexandria, they do a cool thing where you draw and then during the pit meeting, they'll flip a coin heads is straight up tails is invert we're starting so, at the like so 200 is the best number then 
Right. So what it would be like is um, if you flip tails and it's inverted, they number 50. If you drew 50 or higher, it would be the same as drawing a one or a, or a 10 or so now it's like if you draw a one and they flip tails and it's inverted, you're in the back. You're starting last. So it's a good deal for guys like me that can't seem to draw any lower than like an 85 everywhere. Every race car driver ever. I've oh. never drawn anything with a two digit number. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've tried putting my shoes on differently that day. And yeah, you know, I've tried eating white toast instead of rye, you know, all the, all the freaking all the possible things you could think of right. that makes me superstitious, you know, wear a certain t-shirt, nothing helps. It's yeah. a, it's the 85 or worse. Never <laughs> fails. <laughs> the secret to it is Tom is there. The pills are coming out alphabetical and it's by last name. And so you're just hosed forever. No, I'm just, yeah. that's not true. Someone's going to believe that now that's not right. true at all, but right. Um, so I kind of like that. I've never heard the, the coin flip thing. That's, I kind of like that. Like there's uh yeah, it's got my wheels a turning a little bit, bit now. I like, yeah. 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 So is that, is that after every, like after cutoff, like at yep. the driver's meeting, they flip. And so that's every class for the whole night. Yep. I like this. Yeah. It's, like it's this. the entire field. They'll, they'll go through, of course, all their, all their pre-race uh, meeting stuff and whatever. Yeah. And then right at the end, before everybody starts lining up, they'll flip that coin and then they call it out, you know, heads is straight up. Tails is, is uh 50, 50 to a hundred is now where one to 49 would be. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. So like it's, that. it's fun. It, it kind of makes like the up. idea of we're either going, you know, one to 100 or we're going 100 to one. You yeah. Know? Like where if there's, if there's 200 pills, it, it either goes one to 200 or it goes 200 to one kind of thing. Exactly. So, so where the guy that drew the 186 is now sitting pole and heat one kind of a thing. You're what, you know, whatever the highest number is. I guess yeah. that. that's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So that's pill drop. He'll like, typically you want the lower number. If it's a passing points thing, the lowest number is usually the death nail. Uh, you better <laughs> damn well win your race. If you're starting on the pole in a passing points thing. Exactly. Uh, uh, and so, yeah. So this question comes up quite a bit in the show. What what is your in your in dirt track racing now? Where is your favorite position? Where do you want to start a race? Uh, you know, honestly, I would say somewhere in the second row. You kind of got a little bit of room. Yep. You know, to you got some room to breathe, but you still got some people you can learn from. If you're starting behind guys that you know are going to be tough to beat and you start right on their tail, you can kind of follow them and, and use it as a, a learning tool. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course you want to pass them guys, but let's be realistic. You know, I was looking at my lap times from Saturday night at Ogilvy and first and second were half a second faster than me consistently. So how long are you really going to keep yeah. up? But so that's you 30 can... laps. You're getting lapped kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it, but yeah. that's, I, I love, I, People want to, they, they very rarely want to start in the front row, but it's for a completely different reason that, than what you said. Like that's a, that's a super smart, young driver, inexperienced, not even young, inexperienced driver mentality, because yeah. 
in your class, if, if Justin Vogel is starting right in front of you, like take advantage of that. Like you're about yeah. to get schooled if, if you are in school, but exactly. if you think oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out here and, and out drive the 10. No, you're not like, he's, no. it's not happening. If, no. if the, if the 10 is on the pole and the 11 of Kyle Dykoff is outside pole, take some freaking notes. Yeah. Like, you're not going to beat either one of them, but you can absolutely freaking learn from them so that next season you can maybe run with them kind of thing. Or if he starts, yep. if you start in front of him next time, you can hold him off kind of a thing. Cause you can learn right. what they're doing kind of thing. So man, yep. that's a brilliant, that's brilliant. What you just said, because most people say, I want to start in the second row because if, if the, if I, if I'm starting pull, you don't get to see which line's working. Like you're going right. to choose the inside or the outside. And if the other side is what's working, you're getting freight trained and you're not going to be able to get in line until you're in seventh place all of a sudden. And so yeah. um, that's why most people have said they want to be the second row. Yours was a completely different thing. And so that's, that's a good yeah. young driver mentality, I think. So, yeah. Okay. So that is uh, the, the track term of the week. The next thing here is, and this is, this is our first sponsored segment is the yourmth.com rapid fire questions. And the rapid fire questions are this is there's five questions. They may have to do with dirt track racing. They may not have to do with dirt track racing. And um, as I look at yours, there, there is not one of them. Five questions, zero to do with dirt track racing. So, uh, so the Your MTH, Your MTH, I should explain to people that don't know what that is. It's a website, yourmth.com. Uh, Minnesota Trek headquarters got every cool truck in the state of Minnesota came from them. The GREs that you see everywhere, that's them. They have a commercial division. They have just regular cars that your mom or your wife could drive. Uh, and so, uh, look them up. They, if people are dying to get cars right now and they've got maybe the most cars on their lot, there is. So your MTH.com. Uh, first question, what, now this is going to be tough for you, uh, because this, this happened, uh, way before you were ever born, but are you, a, are you a Minnesota Vikings fan? No? Uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe you're just are you, are you a different team fan or just not a football fan not I mean I don't know I'm originally from Wisconsin so you know what my answer would be if I have if I had to yeah. choose if somebody's yeah. gonna twist my arm I'm sorry folks we're out of time we have to turn the show <laughs> yeah <up>. there <laughs> we go there we go so yeah. um so in the ring of honor at the Minnesota at the U.S. Bank Stadium and at the Metrodome before that um, maybe the best linebacker that the Minnesota Vikings have ever had. His name, his name is Scott Studwell. Okay. okay. Have you heard the name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so he, what is his number when he played football? Oof. I don't know that one. Think about it for just a second. Why would I be asking Tom worth what Scott Studwell's number was? I get it now. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so second try. What was Scott Studwell's number? 55. 55, exactly. There we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been better if you were an old fella like me. You would have gotten that right away. So, right, exactly. Um, so if you could go back in time to any event in history, 
Doesn't matter. Could be a racing event. Could be just a, a historical moment. Could be a personal moment. What what event in all of history would you go back to and witness? Oof. Well, I think just because for the sake of something super entertaining, it would probably be uh, the Bristol race where Dale Earnhardt spun out. Was it Terry Labonte? Terry Labonte, yeah. Five car. Yep. The night that he spun him out and passed him, and the whole freaking stadium booed Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. And he said, I just meant to rattle his cage. I didn't mean to wreck him. Yeah. I think as like a racing fan and a, his, a racing history fan, I couldn't imagine if, if I knew that I time traveled and knew how monumental that would be and that people still talk about that like yeah. 20 years later, 20 five years later whatever it is yeah i think, I think probably that closer be... to 35 years later actually. yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so no, i mean an interesting that... answer yeah i mean that would be uh there's a ton of stuff of course you know yeah. different things that would be fun but i think like entertainment wise or being a part of the sport i think that would be one of the that would be one of the things cool. that would be pretty wild that would be pretty cool there's a lot of those like you know, the, the, the date, the first Daytona 500 that was televised and there's the big fight in the backstretch on the last lap and, <laughs> and yeah. uh, like all of those kinds of things. And, and yeah, that's like the, like the, I'm thinking of like the Daryl Waltrip and Kale Yarbrough and Dale Earnhardt, like all of those, there's all like every race was a fist fight later. You yeah. Know, the, like it was yeah, uh, the good old days back then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yep. Uh, so question number three, um, think of a Christmas song. Don't say it out loud, but think of a Christmas song in your head. Okay. Now think of another Christmas song. Okay. You got that one. Yep. Is the second one silent night or jingle bells? Uh, was it neither? Neither. Oh, I don't goodness. think. Yeah. What was it? Like, uh, what is it? Jingle bell rock by, uh, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. Rock. Yeah, by yeah. Uh, Sinatra, isn't it? I wouldn't have an idea. Maybe it was just yeah. the cover, but that's yeah. the first one. Yeah, it's probably life. been 10,000 people sing that kind of thing. Oh, God, yeah. Jingle yeah. Bell Rock. That's You're an outside-the-box thinker because everybody says Silent Night or Jingle Bells. Right. So, yeah, exactly. nice. Um, If you could have any superpower, what would it be? can fly, you can ultimate strength you can see through you know x-ray vision laser vision what what would your what would your superpower you can make one up oof uh i think it would be uh like god i'm trying to think of a way to phrase it but basically like you know say i fall and break my arm or something stupid happens like the next day i would be fine you can heal up yeah, like ultimate yeah. health regeneration, you know. Yeah. Ultimate, like uh, unlimited lives in in Call of in Duty. That's unlimited lives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You <laughs> I know, think I can, there's um, what is the uh, I, why can't I think of his name? It's Ryan Reynolds. It's a uh, oh, Deadpool. 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 Yeah. Yes, yeah, he can't die. Yeah. Like he's like chop his arm off and whatever just grows exactly back. i mean yeah. how much fun would that be to be a party trick that you can like break your arm and just exactly. the next day you're fine stop it off <laughs> yep. 20 bucks yeah come on give exactly. me a hand guys come exactly. on exactly yeah <laughs> we were just talking about that this past weekend with some friends about how great that show is like oh, man. it's like a superhero movie but it's like dumb and dumber meets 
you know, the Avengers exactly. or whatever kind of thing. It's I love that show. So yeah, a hundred percent. So question number five is always a little deeper. Like it's a more philosophical. It's not from the toy department. It's more from the like, you know, yeah, the real world thing. So for Tom Worth, number fifty-five, Street Stock Sensation, uh, it, what would you do different? In your life, you personally, what would you do different if judgment didn't exist? Oh, man. It's a deep question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, well, you know, um, I guess in a sense of like, you know, I'm thinking towards racing because that's just yeah. my personality. If anybody yeah. knows me, I won't shut up about it. <laughs> that's but every I would race probably, car driver. Yeah. Yeah. I would... uh you ever listen to like uh mark martin's podcast yes i mean like the old school days of those guys like living in the back of a freaking sing you know like a crew cab square body pickup truck yep. and like the race winnings is how they ate that night if yep. they won everybody would get a steak dinner and a six pack of beer and if they lost they were like you know, picking apples out of an apple tree and eating yes. those, literally yeah. just racing to survive. I think I would love to find a way to try to do something like that. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that's just the time back when you would get race car parts from a junkyard instead right. of from Speedway or from where, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, instead of having to like spend money to have good equipment, it was all about ingenuity more. Yeah. 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 There's, so on Dale Jr. Download, I listen to that. I listen to his pretty faithfully, that podcast. Yep. And on there, he talks about Dale freaking Earnhardt, mm -hmm. like stealing parts from a junkyard, like would climb the fence, go out there, yep. find find the the A-frame or the clip or whatever it was, stealing yep. shit to run on his cup car. Like, yeah. like that's pretty badass. And like, even even go back to the Richard Petty days, they drove their race car to the racetrack with yep. like Kyle Petty and the, and his wife and his sister in the back seat. They would drive the freaking race car, take the windshield and the headlights out, race the race. And like you had to win the race because that was gas money to get back home. Like into yeah, the exactly. next racetrack. And exactly. so it was, um, and you can't wreck it because then we got no ride home. Like it was, there yeah. was, there was consequences to being stupid back then, you know? Yep. And yep. so, yeah, that's a, I, I like that. Like the, cause now you, if you, if you pulled into the pits and you had like the, the topper and, and you were sleeping in there, people would question why the hell you're racing like that. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're living in the back of your truck, you shouldn't probably be dragging a race car around kind of thing. Yeah. Back then it was exactly. just like you say, it was like win or starve. Yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. No. i mean the the drive to be that competitive you know there there's enough time and effort involved in just the amount of racing that we do and i don't even have it the same way that like guys that have a mods you know they've got to go through everything with a fine tooth comb yeah. because that class is so freaking competitive that if you if you're not right on top of everything late models too uh you know even super stocks in in a lot of aspects you know the the ability to be competitive but back then i mean it was literally like you know if you wreck this we can't afford to race next week right yeah i mean literally we have like 
a pocket full of change to buy some beef sticks. Exactly. You know? So exactly. you better get a freaking top five. So that's where like beef. people like were hidden, you know, on in the trunks and that sort of stuff to get into the racetrack. And I'll like, yeah. like only we got, we got 10 bucks and we can get two people into the pits, but we need five people. And so two of you can yeah. ride on the bottom of the trailer to get yep. in, you know, yep. exactly fun stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So last section of the uh of the show here is the is the pay it forward question. And I'm I'm super excited to welcome back to the show as a supporter, Rascal Aluminum. So um Rascal Aluminum is a is a father and daughter. Um Rob Guerin and Abby Guerin, mod four driver, Abby Guerin, uh yeah. started, started Rascal Aluminum and it's it's race car aluminum. They literally have every single color uh ready to rock. They even went so far as to is to create the aluminum that people can put on their fish house if they're redoing their fish house. And so it's uh they're it's it's how they fund their racing is is selling aluminum. And so um it it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about is like doing something to 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 pay for racing. Find them on Facebook, find them online, rascal aluminum. So um so this is a segment where my last guest asks you a question and then you get to ask my next guest a question after you answer that question. So this is a pretty deep question that my last guest was a guy named Chris Grainer. Okay. And, and Chris, I would be stunned if you knew, if you've ever heard that name before. Uh, Chris is the guy who pretty much was instrumental in creating streaming race cars like like okay. where you, where you can go on dirt race central and watch streaming racing or a lot of almost every single streaming service across the whole united states is a product of chris's company yeah and so um uh like way smarter than i could hope to be uh yeah. his, his question for you uh, i kind of explained you know you're you're a younger guy kind of getting started in dirt track racing and, and his question I thought was pretty thoughtful. And his question for you was, what are three things that tracks can do to connect to younger generation? And so you're, you're obviously from, from a young generation. You said you're 24 years old and, yeah. and not necessarily as a driver because you're coming to the racetrack, regardless of, of whether there's yeah. spectators, whether there's a concession stand, whether the announcer sucks. All right. of that doesn't matter to you. You're going to the racetrack because the track is why you're there. Right. Uh, but as a spectator, what what are three things that tracks can do to attract a younger generation to the racetrack? I think the first thing, and this is true for, for a lot of stuff, is uh, I think fan accessibility is a big deal. Um, you know, like I, I love, like we were kind of talking earlier, the meet the drivers stuff. Yeah. To have eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, you know, they come over and they're all nervous just, just because, you know, there's 200 race cars sitting out on the racetrack. Everybody's got candy. Everybody's yeah. got, you know, um, that's one of my favorite parts is to be able to come up to a kid, you know, that in a way looks at me the way I looked at guys like Pat Hardy, Brett Johnson, yeah. I was a little older, but like Dave Flynn, I grew up ice racing with him and he's a freaking stud in a super he's doing good in a, in a late model, you know, like those guys were my heroes yeah. more than, you know, uh, like a Darren Sharper and a Dante right. Culpepper, a yeah. couple of older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. go, yeah. And those are but, purple guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, some kind of fan accessibility, fan engagement, whether it's, you know, you just every once in a while, a lot for people to come into the pits and hang sure. out and not have to pay, you know, uh, what some pit fees are and whatnot. Sure. Yep. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, you know, allow people to have personalities as far as drivers and whatnot, you know, yeah. um, allow. And what you mean of- by that is allow it, allow them to be colorful. Like exactly. It, like, exactly. I heard of a, a track one time that said, I don't remember where the hell it is. It might be the dome race. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, it, a, 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 there's a track out there somewhere, a promoter that says, if you fight in the pits, you're like everybody that everybody involved. If you grab someone by the collar to stop the fight, you're ejected. Everybody right. involved in the fight is gone. Your team is gone. Your car is gone. Don't come back. If right. you're going to fight, you come and you do it on the start and finish line on the track in front of the spectators. And that's yep. where we're going to fight. Yep. And so he, was, didn't, uh, he didn't discourage that, fighting. Right. I is, Was that the Tulsa shootout? Is Might have the, been like, yeah, for the driller. Like, I, I don't remember. Yeah. It was either the driller or the chili bowl. But I remember that because yes. there was so much stuff going on in the pits. He goes, these people paid money. If you're going to fight, you break fight out. out on the front stretch. And yeah. once somebody hits the ground, we'll break it up. Yeah, like hockey. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, and I don't necessarily, just for me, you know, we see the same thing. And I think you and I are both. Uh, you know, really into just racing history. And that's one of the biggest complaints with even professional sport like NASCAR is everybody's oh, the same, yeah. you know, everybody's thank you for this. Thank you for that. Which obviously you need that because yep. the, the money revenue from sponsorship, you can't be, you can't be too wild and crazy, right. but like Kyle Larson's wife shotgunning a beer in victory lane every time he wins. I mean, yeah. first of all, she's going to need to be checked into AA eventually. Exactly. here. But I mean, exactly. you know, stuff like that. Like you, if, if I knew I couldn't get in trouble, it, once I win my first feature, I would stone cold Steve Austin to Bush lights so fast on top of my race car. But you know, stuff like that, or even if some stuff does happen on the track, as long as nobody's going to get hurt, there's yeah. not using any weaponry, you know, like using your race car as a weapon. Kind of build some storylines between drivers. If you know there's a rivalry, like, a, you know, like say, I don't know, Dave Moss versus so-and-so. Right, you yeah. Know, like Dave Moss versus Pat Doerr. You know, Pat Doerr's won four fall classics. Dave Moss is looking to dethrone him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah. They, get, they end up having a good race together. You know, try to sell the sport a little yeah. bit. You know? Yep. Yep. And that's not just on like announcer side stuff, but you know, I think that a lot of people could lean into it a little bit. I mean, it's from, from a driver's perspective, it's all about the technicality of it, the attention, the intensity of it, you know, all that stuff. But from a spectator standpoint, if you don't watch it for the engineering and the intensity and the whatever, I mean, it's entertainment. Yes. You know, go into the, yeah, it, is, it go, should be entertainment first. And absolutely. It's, so I've had this conversation that there's, there's, it's racing is a three-legged stool, right? And if you take one leg away, the whole thing tips over. And the the legs are are the racetrack, the the guy who owns the racetrack, the yep. drivers are, are the cars and the and the race car drivers, and the third leg is the spectators. And yep. without without all three legs, 
the the chair flips over no matter what. And yeah. so um it's I love what you're saying. Now there's there's got to be a limit. You can't have a fist fight every night because then sponsors don't want to be affiliated with the with the local Absolutely. Saturday night fist fight down at the racetrack kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um and and eventually someone involved in the fist fight is going to not they're going to take it a little too serious. But yeah. On the other hand, drivers need to understand that it's entertainment like the the yep. the third leg is the fans right and the the yep. second leg which is the drivers need to entertain the 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 spectators and the track needs to make sure that there's a great facility for the drivers and the spectators to be there right and, and i love what you're saying because there's you and i just did it like we you know go back to the kale yarbrough and the dale earnhardt and the terry labani days man that yep. was hated it's what built nascar and then along came the Jeff Gordon era and, and yep. that commercialized it and brought it to everybody. It wasn't just a, a Southern thing anymore. Right. Uh, and dirt track racing, I think is built on, on Bush, Bush lights and mullets. And, and that's, <laughs> that's our, those are our people, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and thank God, because it's, those are the good people in my opinion yeah. anyways. And so it's, I like you're, I, I promise you, if it's at Granite City when you pull into Victory Lane and you get out in in Stone Cold, some, some bush <laughs> yeah. lights, there ain't no getting in trouble there, my friend. And so, uh, uh, I don't. There isn't a track anywhere that's going to be pissed about that. You just have to make sure that the pit crew is there with the two bush lights. And so, yeah, exactly. Because exactly. don't be racing around the racetrack with bush light in your car. That you're going to get in trouble for. Exactly. And so, um, perfect. So, okay. So that's that question. You get to ask my next guest a question, and uh, my next guest is a is a guy. I have to specify it's a guy named Kylie Kath. Okay. Um, uh, and we're gonna that's that's gonna be the talk of the show is is that he's a guy named Kylie. Uh, yep. The first time I ever met Kylie was apolo- in person was apologizing to him for calling him a girl for <laughs> for an entire racing night. The first time he was ever at my track, I. I I said, Miss Kylie Kath the whole damn night till I met right. him. He's like the manliest man ever. Of uh, course. And I'm like, please do not kick my ass. But yeah. Um, so he's a modified driver from, I think, Southern Minnesota, somewhere down in the USRA area of, of Minnesota. Uh, okay. And so what, what would your, what would your question for Mr. Kylie Kath be? Uh, how long, do you know how long he's already been racing? I don't know that. No. Okay. Okay. Oh. I guess my question would be when he decides that it might be his last season, what do you want your legacy to be Ooh. as a driver? You know, do you want to be known as a deep question? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be known as the guy that no matter where you show up, you know, everybody else is racing for second place or do you want the respect from the crew chiefs and the, your fellow drivers, you know, what what do you see your legacy being when you hang it up? Nice. That's it. Like that's a pretty deep question to be like right off the top of your head. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. I mean, this whole interview, you know, I'm I'm sentimental, you know, I'm I'm more on the edge of emotional side of stuff, you know, as far as like that's the part that makes it all fun to me. You yes. know what I mean? Is yeah. it is the the storylines in the background and it's the you know like uh um if you haven't had a chance to watch lost speedways 
by oh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it gives me goosebumps. Some of those episodes that I've watched. Yeah. I mean, that that's the part. I'm 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 a race car driver that just racing is so much fun, man. Yeah. You know, it ain't it ain't about me getting recognized at the gas station as as the guy that's got 200 feature wins or yeah. whatever, you know, like for me, my legacy, if, if I've gained some respect from the guys I've raced with and the people I've been around at the track and I've been able to help people, you know, that's more important to me than like fame, quote unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever you consider local fame in the sure. area or yeah. even in Minnesota. So I, I think it's interesting to kind of see what type, what other people want to get out of it. You know, no, that's a, it's a great, there's a, there's a song and I always think about to me, it's the perfect dirt track song. And I, it's a country song. You're, if you're a country fan, you'll know it. I'm, I suck at who sings songs, but it's yeah. everybody dies famous in a small town. Oh yeah. Do you know the song? I, I, I remember the song that you're talking about for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's, it talks about, you know, my, my buddy Joe is the captain of the football team and everybody knows him. And so he's famous in a small town. And then, right. and I was thinking about that in dirt track world, you know, there's the Shane Sabraskis and the Dave Mosses and the Dave Flynn's and the, and the, uh, you know, pick, pick your JT Johnson, the, the, those super well-known, um, the Pat doors, yep. super well-known at the racetrack, like, holy crap, that's Ashley Merritt. That's really her. That's what she looks like. Like right. there's that. And then, and then you go out to the mall and it's just a person walking down like the, the people right. at the mall don't know who that is you know yeah and and um and so it's it's everybody dies famous in a small town everybody's known for something in their right. in their little bubble and that's i agree with you that if you can be known as as you know the guy that that nobody ever minded going in to turn one on the outside of Right. That's a good thing. If, if, yep. if you're, if you're the guy that was always over, you're the first guy at, at someone else's trailer saying, Hey man, I, you cut a tire. I've got one that'll bolt right up. Let's go. Like I got the Jack, let's get you back out on the track. That's a good thing. Um, yep. uh, if, if people aren't waiting at your trailer, when you come off the racetrack, that's a good thing. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, you know, those it's, it's, and if you, if you can, if you can gain a little bit of, um, uh, young, young Tommy worth when he's, when he's 12 years old, right. sitting in the grandstands and cheering for the black and orange number 55, like that's my driver. Like I want him to win. I've never seen him win and I'm going to be there when he does. Yep. That's pretty badass, you know? Yeah. And so it's a, a driver told me one time that every car on that track has a fan that's an eight-year-old kid in the grandstands and yep. and and that kid is learning how to be a race car driver from you and yeah. and so you're either going to teach him to be an idiot or you're going to teach him to be a productive member of the racing community exactly. and, and community. Uh, yeah and so yep. it's it's uh Man, you are, you are older than 24, man. Like your, your soul is a hell of a lot older than 24 years old. I promise you. So yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time, uh, and, and being on the show here for me, Tom. Yeah, this was awesome, Kyle. Thanks for inviting me. It was a blast to talk to you. 
three months ago now or whatever. Yeah, we yeah it was a while ago. I told you I would get you on the damn show. I don't yeah. know when it was. I told you. I, I don't know when it's going to be, but you're definitely yeah. coming on. And yeah. uh, it was all because of that trailer. Yep. Yeah. Don't, damn trailer. Exactly. <laughs> You'll have to tell your grandpa and your dad, like, they the trailer made me famous in a small town. But yeah. that's awesome. So, man, everybody, it's, uh, it's Tom Worth on After the Checkers. Thank you for being on here, man. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it.